everyone. I am Carla Jakubovic, hostess of the Swiss Learning Podcast, and thanks for listening. Swiss Learning represents 16 prestigious schools in Switzerland, and they're experts at finding the right fit for each student. This season, we will showcase our heads of schools to share their stories and insights with you. This morning, we're welcoming Bernd Westmeyer, director at Les Régions. Bernd, welcome to the show. Hello, welcome to Région. Wonderful. Let's start at the beginning. Please tell us where you were born and raised. Tell us a little bit about how you grew up. Yes, it's my pleasure. Um, I was born in Germany, rather more in the northern part, and uh, it was the former west of Germany. Um, when I was a, a scholar uh, in the United States, the wall came down, and I thought, wow, uh, as a teacher, it might be very interesting to teach and live in the former east of Germany, uh, which was completely unknown to me back then and uh, to really experience a society that changed from one system, a socialist dictatorship, to a free democratic system. And so I really went to the former East and uh, started to work in a private school that goes back to the first German emperor. So it was a thousand years old, and it was very strongly affiliated to a cathedral. Um, and even Martin Luther had been uh, a student there. So it was an extremely interesting uh, experience very young staff, very dynamic. And uh, only after only four years, they said, hey, Bernd, you do a good job. Why don't you try to be the deputy headmaster? And I thought, no, I can't do it. But they said, yes, you have everything it takes. Just You just lack the knowledge, but you will learn. And this is how I entered the headship, yeah? As a deputy first, of course, yeah. Wow, that sounds incredible. What an interesting and important time to have been able to witness this transition in, in history. Thank you for sharing. Bernd, at that time in your childhood, who was your hero and why? Well, I think I never looked for superheroes. I think I really admired my father and my mother. Uh, were very normal, decent, hardworking people, but uh, they had little money, but they were always willing to sacrifice to give my brother and me the very best education and support. And I really, from a very young age, uh, I realized that and was extremely grateful. And when I decided to become a teacher, for example, it was in a time, at a time when there were tens of thousands of unemployed teachers, and it came like a shock to my father, but he respected my passion for working with young people, for teaching. So he said, uh, okay, I'm taking the little money I have and make sure you get a decent uh, education and you can study to become a teacher. But I must tell you, I don't believe in your vision and I hope you will not end up unemployed in the end. But he was willing to accept my decision. And I really, I'm still grateful that he had the, the courage to, to support me despite this kind of background. Absolutely. It is so huge to feel that we have the support of our parents at home. I think everyone will relate to that. Uh, you were just mentioning you were a teacher yourself, but I wanted to ask you, was there a meaningful teacher or mentor who impacted your journey along the way? Yes, very much. I mean, uh, I had a fantastic uh, teacher uh, teaching history. Uh, he really provoked us all the time. So uh, whenever young colleagues ask me, well, how do I get uh, my students to take part in lessons? I just tell them, provoke them. And he provoked us. I mean, uh, he really made us mad uh, at asking certain questions. And uh, so we, we had fantastic discussions and we wouldn't realize that while we, whilst we were discussing certain questions, we would learn something. Yeah, absolutely. There's something to be uh, 
learned about being challenged by others. Absolutely. Uh, did you know early on that education was the career you wanted to pursue? Was there something else in your mind at the time? How early on did you know? Well, I mean, from uh, at, ver at a very early age, I, I uh, became an altar boy in the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, when I grew a little older, they trusted uh, small groups of children to us oldest, older um, altar boys. And so I realized I enjoyed it very much to work with children and people. And then um, I joined the military. And this was a discovery for me. So I, I enjoyed that very much. And so I decided to sign up for a number of years and did the officer's training. And I was about to uh, to really decide to become a professional officer in the army when uh, it became obvious that the, the Eastern Bloc would dissolve. And I was a bit naive and thought, uh, um, they won't need me. And uh, um, there will be a united world and it will be peaceful. Yeah, it was naive looking back. But uh, on the very last day, the, the soldiers themselves, they said, okay, if you drop out, you should be a teacher because uh, we respected you a lot and we know we were difficult, but uh, the country needs teachers like you that can cope with uh, difficult people. And so they gave me advice and I just followed them. That's so interesting yes. that your own colleagues saw that characteristic uh, in you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think most of us associate the army with discipline. Uh, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, I don't think it's about discipline that is enforced on people. It's very much about uh, giving people the courage to have self-discipline and to, to run themselves. I mean, to become the person they are, really, um, because I think everybody is born an original and too many people die a copy. I mean, they're all uh, just watching their influences and follow their algorithms nowadays. And I believe uh, people have to have the courage to just be the person they are. I like that. Bern, what's something most of us don't know about Le Hijan? Well, I assume it's the, sc the school as such. Uh, it is a very young school, just uh, founded about eight years ago. And it started with just uh, 30 students. Now, eight years later, it's about 300, and they come from more than 50 countries. And given that we are in a little village in the in the mountains, this is a true miracle. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been nice to witness the the growth of the of the school. Just you know, in comparison to last year alone, you know, there's been so many more families and and students joining, which is exciting. What kind of students would you say thrive at Le Hijan? Well, I mean, when when sometimes people talk to me and, and ask, uh, what are the people you're looking for? I tell them I'm not looking for the academically best. I'm looking for the most interesting. If somebody happens to know a second Mozart, please give me a ring. I will make sure he survives our system in all the other subjects and finds time to practice his piano. Sure. Uh, Bert, what are some of the benefits of being a sister school of Le Jose? Well, I mean, uh, I've worked at, at Salem for 10 years, which is the most famous uh, boarding school in Germany. So it's, it was very much what Le Jose is in Switzerland. And uh, um, for a small school like ours, um, this kind of partnership with Le Jose is, is very important. 
Um, we meet, uh, well, on a regular basis, discuss all kinds of pedagogical questions, future visions. Uh, there's also another school, uh, JFK uh, International School in Gestart, uh, that, that is part of this, this group. And um, actually tomorrow <laughs> I will go on a trip with uh, Philippe Goudin and his son Christopher uh, to Germany to visit a few very interesting schools just to broaden our horizon. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's important that listeners know that there's a lot of um, uh, synergy and contact between the two schools. And it's not just a partnership on paper. Indeed, I feel like uh, uh, one school is very much involved with the other. Well, actually, I mean, uh, we have parents that have children uh, both in Rosé and in, uh, in Le Région. And uh, those who are here might like golf a bit more or might, might be fascinated by the special mountain environment and by the activities that we can offer just across the street, which is different, of course, when you are in La Rosée, where the lake is more important and the sailing or other things. So I think every school has its advantages and, and strengths. And uh, there is no such thing like the best school. There is the best school for each child, but it's the, the magic to find this very place. Uh-huh. And Bernd, the school has a difficult task, which is to prepare students for a world that will be much different from what we know today. What does that process look like? Well, I think um, that schools have to give up working in a very set frame. I mean, we expect our students to be extremely flexible. And I think uh, schools have to do the same thing. When you look at AI, for example, you can, of course, see it as a problem, as a danger, as a threat, but it's a reality. And it's a reality we have to prepare our children for, which means uh, we have to educate them. They have to understand what uh, about algorithms. They have to understand that there, there's a certain danger that they are being manipulated. But at the same time, it's a fascinating tool to also support them in doing their work in a professional way later in their lives. And um, so to be flexible, to try out new technologies, to try out new methods, to say this works for us, so we keep it, or to say it doesn't work for us, so we drop it again. And to be something, not, not so much a school, but more something like a creative laboratory where where we where we try to to be very sensitive, to pick up interesting trends and, and possibilities and, um, and teach the children to try out things, to take risks, to also have the courage to say, it's been a mistake, let's stop, let's go another path. I think this is a skill and a mindset they need for the future. Certainly. And speaking of artificial intelligence and the challenges that may come with it, in your opinion, what's the best problem to be solving in 2024? Well, to me, it's not AI. To me, it's rather because I rather see um, um, a chance there to, to shape the future. But uh, I'm, I'm scared when I, when I see that children are kind of addicted to their iPhones um, constantly checking the, the social media um, and there is a constant buzzing and ringing and binging. So their concentration is always interrupted every few seconds and the concentration span that is necessary to, to really go into deeper problems, to really understand complex texts or to, to have a serious discussion is too short. And um, so I think we have to find a better balance between 
um, the digital world, which is so tempting and uh, seductive, and uh, the, the, the traditional, let's say, analog world we live in, because um, I think 90% of our, of our world is analog or even more, um, we have to find a better balance. And there's an interesting quotation I read in a newspaper. The Pope on some occasions said that it's impossible to download reality from a cloud. Sure, sure. And I think all of us will agree that there, you know, a better balance between digital and, and you know, reality would be beneficial to, to, to all of us. Yes, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't work to tell people or to tell students that they should better use the mobile less because that wouldn't work. But uh, I think we have to offer them experiences that are so magic, so powerful that they forget about media and just enjoy, for example, a fantastic hike in the mountains or skiing uh, when, when, when the snow has fallen uh, this time of the year, or just uh, chat at a campfire. And they realize that just uh, looking at the flames that might be more inspirational than the best movie from Hollywood. I mean, that's the experiences they need to, to, to realize there's a life outside the, the digital world. Sure. Bernd, what does success mean in your role? Success is, um, well, actually, I, I, years ago, I asked parents what they thought was most important. And I expected them to say, oh, we want our children to have the very best grades, to pass on to the very best universities and then have good jobs with good income. But uh, in the majority said they, they hoped their children would be happy in life and uh, develop backbone because uh, the world we live in is so difficult and i think uh, much more important than knowledge is understanding and attitude and uh, um, if we just looked at grades uh, we could end up educating future criminals in a nice way and prepare prepare them for a very special career i mean i want students that have some kind of inner compass uh, that know what's right and wrong, and then that are not willing to do everything just to have a lot of money or a career that, that would say no sometimes. I will not do this. I will not do that. That would be my dream. Yeah. Sure, sure. I really appreciate that, Bern. Thank you so much for being on the show this morning. Before we let you go, do you have any final message or advice for parents and students who are considering joining Le Hegeon? Well, to parents, I'd always say, give your children space to find their own passion. Um, it's no use, even if you mean well, to, to, to plan their lives and to have uh, designed children that live up to other people's expectations. Um, give them space to be the person they are. And, um, um, and we, we chose a motto recently that expresses uh, this, this, that stresses this idea, and it's a be all you can be. So um, that's an appeal to each and every student, also to members of staff, to do as good as they can. But of course, every human being has a certain limit. Not everybody's highly gifted and can excel. And uh, some people who are average, like me, still make it through life. And uh, I think that's a very uh, kind of uh, important and positive message. Absolutely. Vernd, if anyone wishes to continue this conversation, can they find you on LinkedIn or what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, well, actually, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn, yeah. You could find me there or you just pay as a visit or uh, give me a phone call. 
I think uh, people will find me these days. <laughs> it's impossible. It's impossible to hide, especially when it comes to, when it comes to parents. <laughs> Absolutely. And if anyone else has any questions about anything else they heard on the podcast today, feel free to contact me at Carla at SwissLearning.com. Thanks for listening and until next time. Thank you.